Today's episode is sponsored by Wall Street Oasis. On this show, we talk a lot about the specific skills you'll need to demonstrate as an investment banker. But are you concerned about what your specific chances are at landing an offer? Be sure to check out the WSO Academy, a highly selective 12-week training program that can help you get the job. You'll get one-on-one mock interviews with investment bankers, courses, resume reviews, and an accountability system to keep you on track. Again, this program is highly selective, so spots will open up over time, but check out the link in the show notes and make sure you join the waitlist. You don't have to go it alone when recruiting. WSO Academy can provide the resources you need, so check them out today. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. I'm a first year MBA student here at Cornell SC Johnson School of Business, changing careers, going from engineering over to investment banking. What a switch, right? (laughs) Although uh, I know there's a lot of engineers who go into banking for sure. But no matter where you come from, maybe you come from a finance background, maybe you were a lawyer, maybe you were a teacher, maybe you were an actor, maybe you just did something totally different and you're trying to get into investment banking. Well, I'm here to help guide you with the technical and behavioral aspects of the process because I'm going through it myself. And so I'm grateful that you're here. We're taking this time now to just wrap up and summarize the basic principles and concepts that we've covered so far over the first 149 episodes of this show before we move on to some more advanced topics. And then once we go through those advanced topics, then we'll get more into behavioral types of questions and and other types of examples. So with that being said, today I want to talk about discounted cash flow. Discounted cash flow is such a huge component of what you need to know as far as the technical information. It seems to be a favorite that's asked. It's something that I've been asked in the few interviews that I've had so far. And yeah, just just really important and um, just good information to know because it's a major valuation methodology, as we mentioned in the last episode. So episodes 82 through 110 of the show are going to be covering those basic DCF questions, episodes 82 through 110 for your reference. So when we look about like when we look at this concept of discounted cash flow, what are we concerned with? Well, we need to understand, first of all, what a discounted cash flow model is and what its purpose is, right? You should be able to understand that. Remember, DCFs are helped, DCFs are used to help value businesses based on the intrinsic fundamentals of a business's operations. And what are you doing, right? You're projecting your cash flows of a business into the future. You're discounting them back to the present. You're using a certain discount rate. And then you're adding up the valuation, present value of your cash flows from your five to 10 year period with your terminal value period. And that's what you're doing in order to get the value of your firm. And it's important to know this at a high level, of course, but also understand the components of your model. 
What are the components of your discounted cash flow analysis? You have to understand how revenue flows down to free cash flow. Understand the two different types of free cash flow because remember, there's both levered free cash flow and unlevered free cash flow, and they relate to different things. You should also be able to understand that you're projecting cash flows out into the future, understand the very fundamental concept of the time value of money, that a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. And so the discount rate is another thing that we need to understand. Discount rate helps us to account for differences in the value of money for an asset over time. Understand what your weighted average cost of capital or WAC is and the various components of it, such as your cost of debt, such as your cost of equity, know how to calculate those things and understand where those things come from. And then also don't forget about terminal value. Understand what it is just as a concept and the two main ways to calculate it, which is the perpetuity uh, or the Gordon growth model, which is more of a perpetuity model as well as the multiples method. And then the other thing here with DCFs is you want to understand your sensitivities and how tweaking different variables in your model are going to have an impact on the ultimate valuation of the business. So getting a sense for that is also going to be useful. And frankly, I don't know of a great way to do this uh, with sensitivities other than actually playing with a model yourself. So that's something that I'm going to be doing here in the next few weeks is actually playing with the DCF and trying to maybe even build one from scratch. And if, if, and when I do that, I'll share that journey with you. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so hopefully that'll help too. That'll be some future content that I'll create, but just understand those basic things about discounted cash flow models, both high level and low level, and it'll serve you very well. Okay. That's what I got for you today here on investment banking insights. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. I hope you're having an incredible day, incredible start to the fall as we end up uh, wrapping up August here, 2023. And next time we're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions. So I'll see you there. Take care.